Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the Message Trust. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing, check out our website, message.org.uk. On uh, Sunday, I, uh, I was preaching in the prison and then I went down to Coventry. We had our, uh, we've done this cycle tour, we had a get-together of all the guys from all over the UK. And we stayed overnight in Coventry and then I was in London on Saturday. So Michelle drove back. And I, she dropped me off at Coventry Station. I, I got the train to London. She drove back to Manchester. About rugby, I got a phone call from my wife. The car won't start. I'm at Stafford Services and the car won't start. And I'm like, the car won't start because I've got the key in my pocket. <laughs> and uh, I'm on the train to London. She's stuck at Stafford Services. So what do you do at a time like that? You phone Cyril Wilding. <laughs> That's what everybody at the message does. <laughs> Cyril! So Cyril then got in the car without even raising his eyebrows. Certainly, I didn't couldn't see him, but he certainly didn't sound like it over the phone. Got in the car, found a key to my house, got in my house, found the spare key, drove for two hours in the traffic to Stafford Services, <laughs> gave the spare key to my wife, and uh, she drove back. And uh, I thought, I'm dead if it wasn't for Cyril Wilding. <laughs> but I also thought, so I texted him and said, Cyril, you're amazing, mate. That was so kind of you. Not just doing it, but the way you did it. You know what his text back was? Anytime. Anytime. That's what he said. And he meant it. And I was so blessed by that one word. Just that one word. Anytime. Because I knew many. And he was driving back thinking, this is a good day. I've been able to bless Andy, bless Michelle. I've served. Oh, don't you want to be like that? I want to be like that. I want to be somebody who's like, anytime an opportunity to serve. And I don't want to do it in a weird way that makes people feel, you know, they're under sort of some kind of duty to pay me back. I just want to be an anytime kind of guy. And I think a word might come, just even a word, a little one word might be it, that will shift something and bless the people around you and bless you. Bring it on, God. But Michelle, when she was sat at Stafford Services, everything looked fine, didn't it? You know, she had a quite a smart, fairly new car that was working fine, but something was missing, wasn't it? And it was only perhaps a small thing, but it was a very significant thing. And I even believe maybe there's a little picture of people in this room. You've come today and there's something missing. There's a key that God's going to give you, if you like, to push this analogy a little bit. And suddenly you'll be moving. You'll be moving in the direction God wants you to be. Wouldn't that be amazing if that could happen? And that would be worth giving up a sunny Saturday for, wouldn't it? If there's a key that's given to you by the Holy Spirit. So what's going to happen is I'm going to talk about evangelism in the power of the Spirit. Ben's going to talk about evangelism with the power of the Word. And then Mark Ritchie will be Mark Ritchie. We'll see what he'll do. (laughs) But I'm sure it'll be great. But we need to be men and women of the Word and the Spirit, don't we? Well... Before I say that, I want to just mention these two books, actually, that I think may be really helpful for you. My advanced group's been going through this book, The Simple Gospel. How many people read Ben's book? Quite a few of you. It's amazing, and it's an amazing little uh, explanation and, uh, of how we can better understand and share the Jesus story. And for the last few months, we've been going chapter by chapter, and there's little helpful questions. If you haven't read this book, read it, and it's available for a fiver over there. And this is brand new, just come out literally this week. The Advanced Group Mentoring Guide. Rico Tice says this. We like Rico Tice, Christianity Explored and that whole thing. What a tool for the church 
advance have produced. He actually said, what a tool for the church Ben Jack has produced, because I saw the email. But uh, an outstanding blueprint for the way in which our church is going to inspire and train those who are called to equip the church family for the work of, of evangelism. It's basically advance in a book. It's several, it's all the tips, all the encouragements, all the accountability questions, uh, about five or six uh, different sessions to help you. That's a fiver over there as well. But in the next session, we're going to have an offering towards the work of advance. We're looking to take on a, an extra person to fuel this whole movement. And anything you give will go towards that. And if you are able to give regularly, no, you get those two books. You'll get lots of other goodies from the message. So um, that's, I'll tell you about that in the next session anyway. Um, let me tell you a little bit about me. I, I, uh, I became a Christian when I was 12 and yet didn't really live it at all until I was 17. Rebelled as a teenager. And, and uh, I take a lot of heart from that because that's not just my story. That's so many people's story. They made a commitment to Christ and they were miserably going to heaven, but they weren't living it. It's Lewis Palau's story, actually. Did you know that? It's uh, my friend Mark Pennell's story who started the message with me. You know, we were the first two employees of that message. You know, we made a commitment, but then something happened a few years later that brought it all. We, we, we received our key and it was kicking and we're accelerating. And I find that so encouraging when I see kids raise their hands and give their life to Christ at schools, missions, and perhaps they don't get connected in church, but God's place his deposit in the heart. They've got the deposit of the Holy Spirit, but they're certainly not living in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I find it encouraging that God at any moment can ignite them and how much do we need to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. But when I was 17, I, I was on fire for Christ. I, I, I believe God gave me the, something of the gift of the evangelist. I wanted to tell everything that moved about Jesus, but I was, I was placed in quite a stiff church actually conservative evangelical kind of word only bible church it was a good foundation to get in the word but not a lot of fun <laughs> and it, it wasn't hard to uh, you know come home from church feeling just a little bit bored and uh, i remember somebody i've been being in this meeting and somebody saying you know as a baby christian the thing is word only you dry up spirit only you blow up Word and spirit, you grow up. And we've probably all been in word-only churches. And they're grinding their way miserably to heaven. And it's okay. Oh, but it's a little bit hard work, isn't it? And we've probably all been in spirit-only churches, haven't we? Where they take the trumpet and the Velcro wall to worship. And, you know, bounce around and smack against the wall. And it's, it's a lot of fun, you know. But, but, hey, when the trials come, when the difficulties come, there's no foundation, but we've also been in word and spirit churches. We need to be men and women of the word and of the spirit because we need to grow up in God. And the only way we're going to do that is be being rooted in the word. And I say to our guys who join the message, you know, through whatever ways, especially those who are in turn involved in frontline mission, first and foremost, you're a Bible teaching evangelist. Please don't say you're a rapper, DJ whatever schools work you're a bible teaching evangelist but bible teaching without the power of the spirit oh that's hard work isn't it in the bible the emblems of the holy spirit if you like right the way through the scriptures are wind and fire aren't they in, in acts 2 when the when the holy spirit fell at pentecost they uh, saw what looked like tongues of fire on people and heard a sound like the rushing of a violent wind and right through the scriptures, wind and fire, the emblems of the spirit. I love that because fire can be devastating and dangerous, can't it? It can take out a city in a day. 
or it can be calming. We were and beautiful and comforting. We were sat around a contained fire last night, a chimney in our back garden in the, with the family. And it's beautiful, isn't it? And it's lovely, lovely and warm and comforting. Wind can be the same, can't it? A gentle breeze on a beach is a lovely, comforting thing, but a, a, a tornado can take out a city in, in an afternoon, can't it? It can destroy something. It can be devastating. And the Lord knows what you need today. He knows if you've come a bit beaten up and you need a gentle, reassuring word. It's just a, a word of comfort and a word of love and a word of encouragement. He knows that. Or he knows if you need shaking, you need the devastating word. Shaking out your complacency. The Lord's good at that. And I think sometimes, don't you think perhaps as evangelists, we're all a bit too much sometimes devastating and dangerous? <laughs> I'm like, I want to be the man of power for the hour. I want to wave and shout and scream and tell people off and come on. And sometimes we just need to hug people, don't we, in the name of Jesus. Sometimes we need to be perhaps better at that. And we certainly need the sensitivity to know what kind of wind and fire we're going to bring into a situation. And that only comes when we stay close to Jesus. God knows what we need. And men and women truly moving in the power of the Spirit know what they need. Any idea, Bible students, what the first words that were said about Christ by the first witness to Christ were? Anybody? Do you want me to tell you? The first words that were said about Christ by the first witness to Christ, you find them in Matthew chapter 3. And you're going to go, oh, I knew that. I could have looked really studious. I baptize with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We need that. He promised it. Right from the start. This is what Reinhard Bonnke, you know, the evangelist evangelist said. He said, the gospel is a fire lighter. The Holy Spirit is not given just to help you preach eloquent sermons. He's to put a flame into human hearts. Unless Christ sets you alight, you can bring no fire to earth. Without me, you can do nothing, said the Lord. Jesus instructed the disciples not to do anything until they were to receive power from on high. When that power came, the Spirit revealed himself as tongues of flame sitting on each one of them. Oh, we need the fire of the Holy Spirit, don't we? Don't we? Without it, mission can become dull and boring and fruitless. With the fire of the Holy Spirit, anything is possible. Two weeks ago or so, maybe three weeks now, I was at this thing called Partners for Influence. Stuart Bell had pulled together a bunch of leaders of like denominations and streams and ministries. I was, during those two days, God was really speaking to me. It's great when that happens, isn't it? For some reason, just every scripture, my own quiet times, like God's just speaking to me so much. I love it. But there were two big things God said to me during that time. First one was, as we were reflecting on Psalm 133 that we know so well, when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity there, the Lord commands a blessing. But I felt the weight of that word, commands. And I felt like I'm, I'm in this place with all these leaders, all loving on one another and praying and planning and scheming and let's go together for the nation kind of vibe. And I'm thinking, God loves this. 
and, uh, and, and we read that scripture that we've read so many times, but I thought, wow, imagine if the Lord just commands a blessing over our nation, what's going to happen? Because, we, because the Lord speaks and stuff happens, doesn't it? The Lord, we, we follow a God who speaks. He spoke and the stars are in the sky. He spoke and the beasts of the field are everywhere. He spoke and the universe was created. That's how powerful our God is, isn't it? That's our God. Imagine when that God commands something to happen, I felt. I felt a way to that. Imagine God commanding something. And what is the command of God? Even life forevermore. When brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, there the Lord commands a blessing, even life forevermore. Uh, eternity breaks into the mortality, the, this world. The heaven breaks in, the place of eternity breaks in, life forevermore. But of course, it's a salvation promise, isn't it? It's the promise the Lord commands. So suddenly the evangelists are seeing ever more fruit. Suddenly it's not just hands in the air, it's disciples. Life forevermore is kicking in because we're working together in unity. We're pu pushing into Jesus and the Holy Spirit's at move. Don't you want that? The other thing that happened at this, um, this conference was, was we, we reflected again, and I've, I've read this so many, I hope I've got it here. Come on, baby. Uh, we reflected on that, that amazing um, prophecy that I bet you've all heard from Smith Wigglesworth in 1947, this amazing Yorkshireman who, uh, who moved in the power of the Spirit and, and just he was a man, if there was ever, ever anybody on fire with the Holy Spirit, it was Smith Wigglesworth. Extraordinary miracles, amazing salvation wherever he went. In 1947, he, shortly before he died, he, he prophesied this. Have you heard this Smith Wigglesworth prophecy? How many people are aware of this? Not many of you, okay. So, good. You're going to be excited. You ready to be excited? Because this amazing man, right towards the end of his life, prophesied this. Get this, right? During the next few decades, there will be two distinct moves of the Holy Spirit across the church in Great Britain. The first move will affect every church that's open to receive it and will be characterized by a restoration of baptism and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The second move of the Holy Spirit will result in people leaving historic churches and planting new churches. In the duration of each of these moves, the people involved will say, this is the great revival. But the Lord says, no, neither is the great revival, but both are steps towards it. When the new church phase is on the wane, there'll be evidence in the churches of something that's not seen before, a coming together of those with an emphasis on the word and those with an emphasis on the spirit. When the word and the spirit come together, there will be the biggest move of the Holy Spirit that the nation, and indeed the world, has ever seen. It will mark the beginning of a revival that will eclipse anything that's been witnessed within these shores, even the Wesleyan and Welsh revivals of former years. The outpouring of God's Spirit will flow over from the United Kingdom to mainland Europe, and from there we'll begin a missionary move to the ends of the earth. Oh, bring it on, God. Okay, so Smith Wiggers went to heaven. Guess what happened? God started to pour out his Spirit. Pour out his spirit in a fresh way. About 1960, the year I was born, God started to pour out his spirit on the church. There were less people in the church, but far more filled with the spirit. Far more were encountering and moving in the gifts. I, I mean, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was just, God was just pouring out his spirit on the church. Amazing things happening here in the UK and all over the world. And people were like, this is it. This is the time. And then what happened at the end of the 60s was the house church movement. People left the historic churches. People like Gerald Coates and, and Terry Virgo and 
Bryn Jones and all these leaders started to plant churches. And they said, the day of the denomination is dead. This is the new thing. This is God's new thing. And, uh, and I was with a bunch of those leaders, people like Stuart Bell and people from Covenant Ministries, you know, and all these people who were part of that whole move. It was a move of the Spirit. And they were like, this is the great move. And the Lord's like, no, it's not the great move. It's preempting the great move. And, uh, and guess what's happened recently? Those churches have been on the wane. Guess what's happened? There's been a coming together, as millions of people particularly have gone through Alpha, a coming together of the Word and the Spirit. I mean, what an amazing thing to prophesy when none of this has happened. And I'm like, okay, it's not Holy Scripture, but what we're meant to do when we read a prophecy like that, what we're meant to do, whatever we do, we don't treat it with contempt. We test it, don't we? That's what it says in 1 Thessalonians. We weigh it up. We test it against what's happening in the world and we pray about it. And if we feel it's from the Lord, we accept it, don't we? I'm believing this is the Lord. I'm believing that God spoke to that extraordinary man and prophesied the future of our nation. If that's right, wow, the future's bright. We are living at one of the most exciting moments in all history. And I can feel it and I'm on tiptoes of excitement with this next season for the church where God's going to pour out his spirit in fresh measure and we're going to be allowed to be part of that. Are you excited about that? Well, I'm going to tell you what else Smith Wigglesworth said. He said this, just before he died, he shut his eyes and said, I see the greatest revival in the history of mankind coming to planet Earth Maybe as never before, I see every form of disease healed. I see whole hospitals emptied. Uh, even the doctors are running down the streets shouting. They'll bring the sick to churches where they'll allow the Holy Ghost to move. He told me there would be untold numbers of unaccountable multitudes that be saved. No man will say so many, so many, because nobody will be able to count those coming to know Jesus. No disease will be able to stand before God's people. It will be a worldwide situation, not local. He said a worldwide thrust of God's power and God's anointing on mankind. And I'm like, oh, come on, God. You can do that. That's not too hard for you in these last days of planet Earth. And I want to be a man who's faithful and does everything I can to see that move of the Spirit where millions are swept into the kingdom. How we need the fire of the Holy Spirit to see that take place. This book, right? I realize this is a bit of a like all over the place talk, but he encouraged. <laughs> I hope so. This book is absolutely astonishing. An astonishing book. There's a guy called Patrick Johnson who wrote uh, Operation World. Has anybody seen that? Oh, it's, honestly, I, I, I was a, completely addicted to Operation World as a, as a baby Christian. What God's doing on, on, in the world, you know, every nation of the world, just how the church is doing. And, uh, but Patrick Johnson kind of pulled it all together in this masterpiece. He's, you know, one of these geeky research guys and uh, about where the church is at now. And I remember the first, actually, I remember the first time I read Operation Will, because it comes out every few years, and the message was mentioned in the UK. And I was just like, oh, God, that you've allowed the message to be part of what you're doing on the earth. 
And I was just like so moved because I'd been reading all about these other ministries that are doing things for God. And there's the one that I was allowed to be part of. You know, it's just so humbled. But in here, he talks about, it's not actually just the UK, the outpouring of the Spirit globally. I was born in 1960, and in my lifetime, 58, 59 years next week, in my lifetime, the world's been turned upside down. It's not just the growth of the church, it's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, and in my lifetime, and there was all these maps and things about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And, the, you know, the, the, the charismatic and Pentecostal churches, when I was born, there was a few in, in South America and Africa, but that was it. Suddenly God's pouring out his Spirit. Hundreds of millions of people filled and moving in the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, if you've got eyes to see, you, you, you're like, wow God, what is going on? What is going on? You've got one eye on the word, and you've got one eye on the world, and you're like, these are exciting days to be alive. And I don't want to miss the opportunity myself to be moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to preach with greater expectancy than ever before. If you're still not convinced, you're like, yeah, yeah, Smith's wiggle, Smith Vigglers, blah, blah, you know. It's a prophecy, isn't it? Not the word of God. Well, let me tell you what Peter said. What did Peter say on the back of, you know, the spirit being poured out, on the back of seeing tongues of fire, hearing a sound like a rushing wind and speaking in other tongues? What did he say? His explanation, he says, this is it. This is the last days stuff. In, and in the last days, the Lord says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I pour out my spirit in those days. They'll prophesy. I'll show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That is, that is not Smith, Smith Wigglesworth prophesying. That is the living God speaking. And when he says stuff is going to happen, it happens. The Lord says, I will do this in the last days. And we are starting to see in my lifetime those last days unfolding as the spirit is being poured out in unprecedented measure so that the nations can be one for Christ, so that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's a promise and it's our promise and these are the last days we know that and it's an outpouring for all people in the old testament you know when those words were originally written in the book of joel it was a you know the holy spirit was for kings to lead and prophets to prophesy and creative people to be creative now it's for all people it's for us it's our birthday gift it's our inheritance it's for sons and daughters men and women old and young it's for you god says He'll pour out his spirit if you just get ready. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The last, as you know, in this nation, last great national revival that Smith Wigglesworth has said is going to be far surpassed by what we see in this nation soon. That's what he says was under the ministry of a man called John Wesley. You know that, don't you? John Wesley said, I set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. You see, Wesley didn't have a smart marketing department. Yeah. He, didn't have a, he didn't have social media campaigns. You know, he didn't have uh, creatives and videos and all this stuff. Wesley just set himself on fire. And tens of thousands of people without PA systems just gathered to watch him burn. 
But he didn't just say that. Wesley didn't just say, I set myself on fire and people come to watch me burn. Wesley said, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come for miles to watch you burn. Our job is to light ourselves on fire in Jesus. To be men and women of his word and prayer, passionate about the things he's passionate about. And people will come for miles. How much do you want that evangelist? How much do you need that? The good news is Jesus wants to give you that. We know these famous words in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And I'm sure you've quoted these words, know them so well. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everybody who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Literally in the original language, it says, ask and keep on asking. And you receive. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened. Um, seek and keep on seeking and you'll find. But then he goes on to explain it. And we, we, tend, we tend to stop. We tend to quote that verse there as a prayer verse, don't we? That we should be consistent in our prayers. But Jesus says this, the very next words that Jesus says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then know how you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask, who, who ask him? That's what Jesus is talking about when he says, ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. Keep on knocking until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Keep on asking until the fire falls. Keep on pressing into Jesus until we've got what we need to see the greatest move of God in this nation we've ever seen. And what we need is people on fire for Jesus, don't we? That's what we need. Keep on pressing in for that. Don't give up until you get it, Jesus says, because I want to give it to you. My heart is to give you what you need for this great move. And some of us have that deposit today. We've got the deposit guaranteeing our, our inheritance. Some of us are even filled with the Holy Spirit, but it's a bit of a filling for me. You know, we've been filled and we've been dealt with and we, we, we've left behind our addictions and a lot of our brokenness and a lot of our pain. But we're not moving in the power. We're not on fire. You know, one of the things I love about, and I hope you, you download this for your groups, and every time we get together with our advanced group, we have accountability questions. <laughs> one of them is, do you study the Bible for yourself? Do I study the Bible for me? One of them is, did the Bible live for me today? They are mighty important questions. But one of the, alongside all the questions around lifestyle and, and character stuff, two questions are, Am I keeping my cutting edge and am I moving in the power of the Spirit? Are you keeping your cutting edge? You know, are you moving in the power of the Spirit? Are you full to overflowing? Are you on fire? You're meant to be on fire, people. We're never going to do what we need to do without the fire. Anybody want the fire? Come on, fire of God, fall on some evangelists in Manchester. Fire of God so we can go out and people gather in the masses to watch us burn. And we see what, what Smith Wigglesworth saw. He saw it as a, a thing in the distance. Could it be that it's in our day? In our day? I love it that the last thing I'm going to say, and then we're going to just pray, Holy Spirit, fall in this place. What else can we do? We're going to ask him. We keep on asking. We're going to seek and keep on seeking. We're going to knock, knowing that we've got a good father who loves to give good gifts to his children. And the best thing he can give you is the Holy Spirit. 
The best thing is, is his presence. He's overflowing with him. The best thing he can give you. And, and we're going to ask, God, come on, will you just fill us? Will you set us on fire? Will you give us some fresh passion, some fresh zeal, some fresh energy that's not born out of trying to whip it up, but it's born out of the Holy Spirit? Would you give us a harvest that only you can give to men and women who are filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit? Come on, Lord, will you do that? Well, I love to say this. The guy, so we have a little board at the message. And one of the guys is a guy called Rob White. And he was a national director of Youth for Christ for many years. Well, in fact, he had a rehab house. He's a perfect board member because he originally had a rehab house, a bit like the Oaks, you know, for lots of broken people who came and lived with them, him and Marion, and, and patched them up and discipled them. And, and then he went on to be national director of Youth for Christ. During his time at, at Youth for Christ, he heard the audible voice of God at four o'clock in the morning. God woke him up. The only time in his life he's heard the audible voice of God. And Rob White heard the Lord say, you're going to see a mighty move of God amongst young people in your lifetime. And uh, so Rob's like, youth for Christ is going to kick. <laughs> and then he stuck with youth for Christ for several years and, and uh, then left and went into leading a, a church called Pointon Baptist Church. Some people here from Pointon Baptist Church. And, uh, and then he became a trustee of the message. Convinced that God had spoken to him. In your lifetime, you're going to see a mighty move amongst young people. You're going to see a mighty harvest. And, and I, I hold on to that because Rob's 75, hallelujah. He can't have that long, can he? <laughs> you know, 30 years if he's record breaking. <laughs> I'm believing it. I'm believing Almighty God spoke to Rob White at four o'clock in the morning. And I'm holding on to that, aren't you? I don't care if you think I'm a nutter. I'm believing for a mighty move of God in our generation. I'm believing for a revival greater than anything Wesley saw. Come on, God. And here we are, ragbag bunch, few dozen of us, but we're still believing and we're still asking and we're still seeking and we're still knocking and we're not going to not stop asking and seeking and knocking until we see it. Would you stand if you want the fire of the Holy Spirit? I can't whip anything up, but the Holy Spirit is what we need. God, we're desperate for you. Here we are today, very ordinary people who can do extraordinary things. Oh God. God, when you just fill us to overflowing, let your fire fall. Fresh measure of your Holy Spirit, Lord. We want to be men of the Word, and we'll look at that in a few moments. But right now, God, we're asking that we can be men and women who carry the fire, Lord. Through it all, the fire that burns up dross, the fire that comforts, the fire that's devastating, set us on fire, Lord. Fire, passionate fire of the Holy Spirit. So hundreds of thousands will gather to see us burn Lord and they won't be interested in the evangelists at the front they'll be captivated by you and they'll be filled and they'll carry the fire Lord send your fire Lord send the fire Lord will you come on Jesus we need you more than ever Lord after all these decades you know between us hundreds and thousands of years following you Lord we need more more than ever we need the fire and fulfill your word to us. We test that prophecy, Lord, and we sense it's from you, and we want to see it, Lord. We, we refuse to do anything that would hinder those great days. We want to accelerate those days by our obedience and by our faith and by our determination to keep going when others would give up. Send the fire, Lord. Come on, Jesus. Pour out your spirit, Lord. 
Pour out your spirit on this movement called Advance, we pray. Have your way in us and through us, Jesus. All for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support or even get involved with one of our teams. 